Hello and welcome to page one, the Writers Podcast. I'm Marco. I'm Tarek. And wait, Tarek, who's this? Oh, it's Timmy. (laughs) (laughs) I've been released from the cupboard of dispatching page ones for a special appearance (laughs) on the page one podcast. (laughs) Tim, Tim is, you may have heard if you've listened to the podcast before, we have referred to the boss in quotes. And Tim is that man. Or legend. I the myth. I don't think we've called you legend. Ah, the man, the legend. The I obviously, person. haven't listened to all of them yet. <laughs> um, so yeah, no, uh, Tarek. This is a one of a special series of episodes we've recorded at the Fringe with comedians to find out about their writing process for their stand-up shows, um, and we recorded these at a variety of venues across Edinburgh. So the sound quality does vary at times. We we sometimes recorded them at the venues themselves. But um, Tarek wasn't able to make all of the interviews, so Tim kindly agreed to step in. Interviewer extraordinaire. Yes, and I think, Tarek, you're out of a job. (laughs) I've been waiting 112 episodes for this day. (laughs) I'm finally free. Well, you've not heard my ones yet, so we'll see see how that goes. We'll see how it goes with the listeners. But yeah, um, so uh, we will get uh, straight into these special episodes. We're releasing... Uh, at least one a day this week. They're very short uh, episodes, but hopefully very interesting and funny, of course. And we'll play a quick advert for a writer's notebook and then we'll get straight into the interview. But for now, on with the podcast. See you later. The blank page. To some, it's terrifying, an obstacle to overcome. But we prefer to think of it as an opportunity, a blank canvas to be filled with all of the adventures and characters in our head. So how to overcome that fear? Well, we all know the best advice for a writer is write. Seriously, get words on the page and more will follow. But what about later, when you start trying to pull those threads of what you've written together? What about the character you wrote about way back at the start? Who was she again? What was she carrying? And where did she leave the MacGuffin that she now really needs in the third act? Think about all those top thrillers you like to read. Or that amazing drama you just watched. What did they all have in common? Structure and planning. As aspiring writers ourselves, we've tried many different methods to try and organise all the thoughts about the stories we want to tell. We've been there searching for a piece of scrap paper to note something down, or making a quick note on our phone in between meetings. Or sometimes we'll make a note in whatever notebook we're carrying, or a document on our laptop so we don't forget that great idea. Let's be honest, it can all be a bit messy and it's easy to lose track of everything. And that's when we realise it's not just a story that needs structure and planning, but the way we gather all of our thoughts about it as well. And so we made Page One. Page One is more than just another notebook. It's a place to put down all your ideas for your latest project, divided into easy-to-use sections that will help you plan your story, so that when that blank page comes calling, you're ready to answer. And then afterwards, once it's written, we realised you need to plan how to let people read it, so we included a section relating to submissions. Each one is designed for one project. Whether you want to write a book, screenplay, a comic or any other kind of story, we truly believe that when you use it, it will help you get to the main event, writing your story. So we hope this helps. We can't wait to read what you come up with. And remember, every story starts with page one. (laughs) 
Hello and welcome to this special episode of Page One, the Writer's Podcast. I'm Marco. I'm Jarek. And we're here today with a very special interview with Jack Barry, who's performing at the Edinburgh Fringe. Hello. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> thanks for joining us. Oh, thanks for having me. Very excited. As you can hear in my voice. <laughs> I just had to turn down the microphone because I'm booming out too much. Too much excitement. <laughs> um, so... Uh, we, we often have uh, authors and stuff in the podcast and my opening gambit is always did you always want to be a writer but yeah did you always want to be a comedian yeah I think so but, but, but from quite a young age yeah. I think I, I remember like yeah my my I used to watch like sort of comedy shows with my granddad a lot and yeah. it, and I was like god that looks like yeah. a pretty fun job to do not necessarily stand up I mm-hmm. wanted to be like I used to love like Harry Enfield and yeah. Chubbs yeah, yeah, and like yeah. the Far Show and those kinds of like sketch shows. And then, um, yeah, we moved to, when I was a kid, we moved to China. So I lived in China for a couple of years when I was like 12. And before I left, my uncle just gave me a load of VHS tapes. Oh, nice. And it was yeah. like, watch these. So I just watched like those comedy videos on repeat yeah. while I was in China. And yeah, that was sort of what made me really want to do it, basically. Well, I'm, I'm writing to you that you did apply to be a spy. I did apply to be a spy, yeah. <laughs> I, I mentioned that in my last show. It was always comedy or spies, I suppose. Those are my it's two, yeah, yeah. Two sides of the same coin. Yeah, it's basically the same, isn't it? I was really into Harry Enfield and James Bond. Those were my two heroes. And um, yeah, so I studied Chinese at university after living there when I was a kid. Yeah. And then yeah, when you when you graduate from, with a degree in like something like Chinese or Russian or Arabic, MI five kind of email you and they're like, "Have you thought about being a spy?" And I was like, "Have I?" And like, <laughs> so they did actually approach you. Yeah, well, they, they, you just sort of just get like a blanket email and say, "If you've got a degree in that kind of job, they'll sort yeah. of say, have a think about applying." So I did it, and. Um, and yeah, I didn't get the job, unfortunately. I tell people well, that. I, so, so that's what you say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's my deep cover. the country doing stand up. I mean, yeah, yeah cover, it is a perfect it? cover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's always like some quite suspicious times at the Edinburgh Fringe. <laughs> yeah. I might be planning something. Someone dies in every show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Usually me, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, I mean, when did you, having, having tried the spy life out, when did you make your first steps into actually stand-up? Into doing comedy, well, I sort of did it when, when I was a student, basically. I, I didn't know how you get into comedy, yeah. so I just always said to my parents, how do I be a comedian? And they said, oh, I think you have to join the Cambridge Footlights, because okay. most comedians yeah. have come out yeah. of that, and all of my heroes had. Okay. So I applied to Cambridge, and I didn't get in, because I wasn't clever enough. But I went to Leeds, and at Leeds... They had the, the, the their version, which yeah. was the tea lights. Okay. So um, I, I had my year abroad in Shanghai. And when I came back, I auditioned to get into the tea lights, and then that was the first time I came and did the fringe. Was like Ooh. as as a Leeds tea light, and I did okay. a couple of years of that, and met a lot of really really great friends and people who I still work with. Yeah. And then just when I graduated, started like on the stand up, on the stand up circuit, basically. Yeah. And and was it ever a I mean, you've always wanted to do it. You know, there's always that thought, and maybe it's just a thought from someone that that we'd be afraid of, but was it daunting that first time that you went on stage? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, the first time I did a sketch show, it wasn't so bad, because it's always a bit less scary when you've got other people on stage with you. You feel like you can share some of the danger and some of the the pain if it goes badly but the first time I did it on my own I was absolutely terrified and I and I had to sink about five pints before I went on stage <laughs> and I can't really remember much of it but um, yeah if, even for like the first two years that I was doing stand-up I would 
sit on the tube on the way to shows in London and like pray that the, the venue would burn down <laughs> I'd just be like no I don't want anyone to get hurt but I just really want some act of God to stop me from having to do this gig but then the feeling that I felt after doing it was always such a high yeah, yeah. it was like oh I guess I'll, I'm, I'm glad I'll, I'll do it and, I, and I'll sign yeah. up for another one yeah. even though I can't deal with the anxiety of this and uh, thankfully still prison? Still no thankfully 10 years in now I've sort of I can, I, I'm just like it's just it's just another day. Yeah. I can do it now, thankfully. Well, well, let's chat about your writing routine then, because I mean, obviously, as Margaret says, we chat to a lot of authors and script writers, but I'd imagine a comedy writer, stand-up specifically, it's very different. You know, you yeah. when you come to write stuff down, do you look at it like how, how do you, what's your approach? Where do you start? I mean, it's, 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 it's generally like I just have notes on my phone all the time and if I ever think of something funny or say something funny, then I'll sort of jot down a little note yeah. and then I sort of have like a punching up time where I go and I sit at my computer and I'm like, oh, this is a funny conceit and I can sort of, I can build that yeah. out a little bit. Maybe there's more examples I can do. I'm like one of those really insufferable people that like, if I'm in the pub and I say something funny and all my friends laugh, I'll like look at <laughs> my phone and I'm like, they're like, ooh, this is some good stuff. And sometimes if my, my friends who say something funny they're not a comedian I'm like oh I'm stealing that actually. yeah yeah he's not going to use it he's, exactly. a, he's an accountant yeah <laughs> um, and so yeah it's a sort of like always compiling like different premises or jokes that you think might be something and then yeah. sort of try and but I'm always experimenting with different things you know sometimes I, I sort of um you know, have some mind-altering substances to see if that will, like, <laughs> spark any well, new avenues. Yeah. And sometimes it does, and sometimes it doesn't. And, um, yeah, and then, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's like, uh, oh, can I be a wanker and, like, quote? Absolutely. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's that Ernest Hemingway quote where he's like, oh, I have whiskey for the ideas and I have coffee for punching yeah. it up. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, I, I don't use whiskey so much, but, but weed and marijuana, something like that, or, like... That's for pun- that's for that's for the ideas, and then I'll punch it out with coffee after. as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And 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 when you're when you're doing that, so you've got your notes and you've got your ideas. Do you when you're saying right, I've got an hour show at the Fringe, for example. Do you try and come up with a sort of overall theme for the show? Yeah. Yeah. Each time I've kind of done it so ever so slightly differently. Like I I did a few a, a show a few years ago and. I just wanted to talk about like drug legalization, I, and I think it's like a political topic that I've always been quite uh-huh. interested in. So I was just like, I'm going to look up all the arguments for drug legalization. And I'm going to think of funny ways to say them. So that was like a real like, I've got an idea, and I'm going to yeah. build it out. And then each year I've sort of done something a diff- bit different. So I had another show which was sort of about like sex positivity. So I was like, oh, I've generally got like different things about sex, and I did a bit about sex education, and there was like things around the theme. And then this year, my show is sort of all about like happiness and mental health and, and um, just how I've been feeling since the pandemic. So it's been a bit more general and it's just sort of gone in different ways. So each year I just try and do something a little bit different and just, um, yeah, figure out what is the best process. And yeah, they're all, they're all, they're all different. Yeah. <laughs> and and is, it, is, it all, is it all, by the time you're doing this, a show... The fringe or something is it all written or do you leave a bit for improv and things like yeah, that yeah I usually um, I have quite a, I have like a script of most of it and then I'll have like general bits I yeah. quite like chatting to the audience as yeah, well. yeah, I yeah. think a lot of my favourite stuff is like doing crowd yeah. work and, and uh, you know especially I'm, I'm on quite late this year and so sometimes people are quite drunk and yeah, like yeah. you know it's hard to get them to, to engage so you're like okay come here like I'll, I'll talk to you for a little bit yeah. and like oh he's falling asleep I'll wake him up a bit he's had too many drinks <laughs> and um 
Yeah, and so I, 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 yeah. Plus, we're doing it for a month. It's like you're doing it every day. Like yeah, it gets boring yeah, if you do the same thing. Yeah, so yeah, I try and keep it a bit loose and yeah. keep some, some, like, some sort of space for like chatting to people as well. And, and when you're when you're writing a stand up, you know, how do you? Because so much of it is not just the actual words on the page and the joke. It's also how you're going to see it, the delivery. Yeah, the, yeah. The dramatic pause. You know, how much of it of 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 a joke is? or the planning of it is in the writing how much of it is in how you know you'll see it yeah it really depends on the bit to be honest like it depends on what kind of a bit you're yeah. doing like if it's like a funny anecdote that happens to you this is the thing with like every comedian like if something awful happens to you you're like god this is going to be some good material <laughs> you know like and there's always like, a silver lining there's always like a silver lining there really is to being a comedian like even you know even if like your dog dies you're like god but I'll, I'll get 10 minutes out of this I reckon this is going to be pretty good um and so then like you do kind of like if it's like a, a story of something that's happened to you yeah. I think we all kind of like practice that day to day anyway don't yeah, you yeah, if yeah. you've had like something mad happen to you for the next few weeks every mate that you see at the pub or like every yeah. family yeah. maybe you're like I've got to tell you this thing that's yeah. happened to me and you kind of like naturally and finesse the it then you tell it's like perfect exactly <laughs> you've got it down you're like you cut all the fat you know where to get to you know what details to withhold so it has like a yeah. good reveal and a good surprise and so yeah it's the same with comedy really it's like you just if you've got like a story like that you just slowly you tell it to lots of different people and you, you tighten it up and you yeah. figure it out but then with other bits where it's like a joke or like an observation or something like that, a lot of the time it is just kind of like trial and error. And you, you sort of, I, I record all my shows and I listen to them back mm-hmm. afterwards. Okay. And sometimes you, you know, you'd be like, oh, that joke didn't really get anything, but it did get something last week. And you listen to it and you go, oh, I see. It's because right. okay. I gave this detail away too early. So now the audience okay. were expecting it or something. like. And you can kind of hear it. Just, um, and I never used to record my, my sets because I, I mean like most people I hate the sound of yeah, my own yeah. voice but I've had to teach myself to get used to it and because it's so useful to you can it's weird how you can hear like what what the telling of it does to how the joke works yeah, so, I mean yeah. so that's quite an analytical process for something that you know for the audience it, it seems it's quite off the cuff oh completely but yeah it's, a very it's very like meticulous yeah. and it is funny I think how to it's funny the number of like sort of audience members who come up to me after a show and they'll be like, "Did you think about what you were going to say before you went on that?" They just think you go out. I mean, it's very touching that they think you're just like naturally that funny. Idea. Yeah, I just go out and I just say off what's off the top of my head. But it's like, do you think about it? It's like, uh, yes, all day, every day. I don't think about anything other than what I'm going to say when I get up there. Um, yeah, a lot of it is really meticulous, and I think yeah and that's part of it sometimes as well it's, it's like a bit of a little bit of a performance and yeah. you're pretending like all this stuff is just occurring to you off the yeah. top of your head and uh, that's what keeps it keeps it interesting for the audience I think yeah. and, yeah. and do you do you have do you, do you ever like discuss the sort of technical side of it with other comedians did, you, yeah. did, did that work why didn't that work yeah yeah like plenty yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 there's a lot of sort of discussing stuff backstage and uh-huh. Um, and I've got mates who I'll sort of go and write with sometimes and we'll, you know, go for a coffee and we'll go, I've got this bit and it's not really working. I can't tell why. And they go, oh, have you thought about coming at it from that kind of angle? Right, okay, yeah. um, it's really great, like, collaborating with other people like that because everyone's got, like, a weird, different sense of humour and they yeah. sort of come out with... And sometimes just comedians that you know will come out with something. I always tell this story, but annoying, I can't remember what the joke was. 
but um, I used to support James Acaster on tour, yeah. and he, he like. I credit him with being like why I'm here really like when I was quite a crap open mic comic and I couldn't really do comedy he saw something in me and he was like come on tour with me and so I supported him for like three years and he helped me so much but I had one joke and he just sort of said oh have you thought about like doing this as a punchline at the end of it and I confess I did not get I didn't get it but I did it on stage and it killed <laughs> it absolutely killed and I did it for like years it was at the end of it, it was like, and I'd do this joke every night and the audience would la- die laughing and every time I was like I don't get the joke I can't understand why this is funny but like yeah that's why he's a genius that's why he's yeah. oh, you put, I, but you came in, you I wish I could remember the bit I know it's such a, such a horrible teaser to <laughs> say true. that and I can't remember what, actually what the bit was uh, so it's funny because most writers that we chat to it's quite a solitary experience writing you know, and it's like them in their own head writing a book or whatever you know for months on end yeah and then it goes in the world and that's it but it seems like it's almost the opposite for you guys because you like you write stuff and you have to share it and you're yeah you get you a get live reaction you always get yeah. completely you get immediate yeah. reaction and it's always changing as well like it's yeah. never finished it's yeah. not like yeah I can't imagine that in a way like you just write the words on the page and, and then like, send off it's, and it's done yeah. and now yeah. it's other people can do what they want with it um, yeah, especially being up in Edinburgh, it's like the show will be different every single night because yeah. every night you think of something that could be improved, and it's sort of this constantly evolving, changing beast, really. Yeah, um, yeah. and and it, and it is, and it is, yeah, yeah. It's the opposite of writing, I think. And I think I, I've tried like writing yeah. prose or like you know okay. um, fiction, but. I need to teach myself to allow like stuff to be finished you yeah. know like I can't when I'm, yeah, when I'm writing stand up it's just quite often I just sort of leave stuff sometimes I'll leave stuff sort of half written yeah. and I'll go oh I think you know uh, I think I'll I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll figure yeah in the moment I'll yeah. know yeah, yeah, yeah. like a good punchline for that or something but that's you interesting you never, you never lock it in yeah you never yeah some stuff's never locked in you just, you're always like oh that will change depending on what kind of an audience it will mm. be and that's really interesting as well like you can feel an audience yeah. sometimes like if they're with you how far you can take it if like, they're with what? you or what kind of things they might like or what yeah. kind of an audience they're like yeah. you know sometimes you get an audience and they don't really want jokes they want everything to be about them so you pull everything <laughs> back to them and like talk yeah. to people in the room some people don't want to be talked to so then you like you pull that back and some people you know sometimes even though, like if it's a room of 100 people who've never met each other before they'll as a group somehow decide that what, they don't want they, sex material yeah, yeah. or something you're like That's oh I'm not going to do anything yeah. rude and you sort of tell that quite early doors so then you're like okay well I'm going to have to do a different punchline for that bit because that's got quite a rude punchline and this is yeah. quite a, a, an audience that are a bit more polite and yeah so there's stuff like that which is always changing yeah, well. I mean, like, that all sounds very yeah. stressful uh, yeah, uh, yeah I quite yeah, 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 like yeah, the walking yeah. and sending off that's why it's so exhausting right? <laughs> yeah, yeah that's why Edinburgh feels like it lasts about 10 years yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> and, and uh, you know dealing with hecklers I want to ask you about that I mean do you how, how do you deal with that have you got lines in a prepared in advance or is it just off the cuff uh, yeah you've always got like a couple of lines that you can prepare I mean it's like for the most part most hecklers are just quite drunk mm-hmm. and yeah. they're just too drunk they really know what's going on yeah, so usually yeah, yeah. you just sort of let them dig their own graves if, you, yeah. if someone's yelling out and you say something and they're not realising that you're getting the better of them then you can just sort of like leave them to yeah, it and yeah. it's like most of the time it's rare that you get a heckler 
that's so funny yeah. that actually they make the rest of the room <laughs> laugh. Yeah. You know, usually they'll say something which they think is funny, no one else laughs. And then you're like, oh, nice one, mate. Like, <laughs> yeah, you yeah, brought yeah. your own jokes, did you? Maybe you should leave that to me. And then that, that and then they feel silly. Yeah, yeah. And you can leave yeah. them to it. Um, but yeah, occasionally you get someone and they say something so funny that you're just like, oh, I'm just gonna have to steal that for next time. Yeah, steal that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll have it. I'll have it next time. Yeah. Well, well, you're in. You're at the Edinburgh Fringe uh, right now. Uh, why don't you tell us what your show's about? Yeah. So my show this year it's all about um, just sort of the uh, life post-pandemic really and um, like I said earlier like my mental health and and, um, uh, my cat there's a lot of stuff in in there about my cat but also um, you know marriage and having kids and getting to that stage of my life and figuring out whether or not I'm going to do these things and um, it's also a lot about magic mushrooms basically I'm I'm, I'm very interested in magic mushrooms as a as a a medicine as like a medicinal thing so I've done like a lot of research into it um, both academic and practical and um, so I talk a bit about that and and how that can be used to and just uh, it's just about happiness in general I suppose yeah 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 and and how far in advance so like you're performing at the French how far in advance are you writing that show um, I mean I started writing this show about a year ago really um, I, I sort of last August just booked in a few new shows and I started throwing around some new ideas and I was doing some old jokes and some new jokes and then it's sort of in January I got my room for the yeah. fringe so then it was like okay now right. in yeah, earnest, I'm, yeah. I'm actually thinking about it so yeah so I say sort of since January, I've been working on it seriously. And in yeah. the last couple of months, I've sort of not really been thinking about anything else. Yeah. And, just and do, you, do, do you go out and, as you say, you start to test material, you'll test like jokes here and there and yeah. build up until you're doing like a whole show? Yeah, exactly. You sort of start off, you know, you book in some, there's always new material gigs that you can go do. And you like, you go down, you do 10 minutes of new stuff. And so you're just like, oh, I'm trying out this thing. Yeah. And then you'll book in like a couple of early previews where it'll be an hour. And maybe before you've got a full hour, you'll just do some old jokes that you know work, and then you yeah. mix that yeah. with some yeah. with some new stuff. Do the old turd sandwich they call it usually. <laughs> yeah, yeah. New material. You 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 take the new stuff oh, that you're yeah. not sure about yet. And you sandwich it between nice tasty bits of bread that yeah. you know work, and then so you, you hit them with the with a joke that works, something that you're not so sure about, and then finish with something nice, and so it feels like a decent set. That's, uh, that's usually the way you package nice. it nice. Yeah. And so uh, for, for those listening where and when is the show on? so I'm, I'm on at the Monkey Barrel every day at 10.40 at night it's a late night show and yeah my show is called Jack Barry Don't Happy Be Worry nice. uh, nice. yeah. I like it <laughs> and uh, the very last thing I want to ask is uh, kind of either or what's the worst and the best heckle you've ever had the worst and the best heckle um, sorry, one of these questions where as soon as you ask me, your English blank. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like, sorry, I can never think of anything. To... I remember I just had this one night, which I just thought was so funny because there was absolutely nothing I could say about it. And it was at this festival. It's always kind of weird doing like a comedy at a music festival because yeah. you're like in a tent. Yeah. People are drunk, people are sort of wandering in and out. Um, and I was doing comedy at this festival, and two girls who must have been 12 years old like wandered into the back of the tent. <laughs> And then they just kept on calling me dad. And they were just, <laughs> they were just yelling in the back, going, dad, 
dad and I was like what and then she was like how come you never pick me up from school anymore and then before I could say anything they just ran away like and I could just see them through the tent like running off into the distance that's pretty impressive for 12 years confidence yeah amazing confidence yeah I know and I thought it was just so funny and also the fact that they just then like dusted off before I could even say anything yeah I was like that's devastating (laughs) it's like it's like Batman heckling you and disappearing into the night it was amazing so yeah I think about that girl quite a lot it was about eight years ago I I can't stop it's stuck in my mind forever that was a heckle yeah Um, and then yeah like so I think that's the best heckle I've ever had the worst heckle I've ever had we did actually um, I used to do a double act I probably will do a double act again with my friend Annie McGrath and we've done a few shows up here before called Twins and we did a show at Late Night Live um, Late and Live do you yeah, know Late yeah, and Live yeah, the, yeah. The, the late night show yeah, yeah. and it starts at 1am yeah, it runs until 3am and it's famously like the most <laughs> raucous yeah, yeah. Um, and we did this show and I don't know why we got booked on it because it it's like gritty stand up yeah. show This and we did sort of quite kooky <laughs> sketches and we sort of came out on stage and we just the audience were just not buying what we were selling they were really not getting on board with it and Annie said a punchline to one of our sketches and it got no laugh and then just one guy at the back of the room went shite <laughs> and, um, but then Annie and turned around and just and just said the punchline again louder and I was like what are you doing she was like oh he told us to shout <laughs> I was like no that's not what he said and it's just us on stage we'd be like I think he said shite actually he's like sir did you say shite and he's like yeah shite and we're like yeah okay yeah 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 maybe we should go actually <laughs> so that was quite Brilliant. devastating as well <laughs> Well, uh, thanks very much, Jack, for coming. Oh, pleasure. Thanks so much. That was it. That was was excellent. Cheers.